Well, hey there. Thanks so much for joining us on the Hope Fellowship Church podcast. If these messages have blessed your life, go ahead and subscribe by clicking the subscribe button inside the podcast app. And if your life has been impacted by this ministry, would you consider supporting it financially so that we can continue to love God, love people, and prove it? You can give by visiting hope615.com slash give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you are blessed through today's message. This is a week two, friends, and, and uh, if, if you're a week behind, it's easy for you to catch up. You can go to the website and listen to last week's sermon. We're getting closer. I guess I should give you an update. Uh, many of you gave towards a special offering to begin a ministry where we could capture our worship services on video. So praise the Lord. This week, we started uh, ordering some of that equipment, and so you'll begin to see things hopefully very soon as we begin to move into that ministry. But if you need to catch up, you can always go to the church website, listen that way, uh, because this is week two of this new series, Next is Now. What is next? What is next for you? What is now for you? And today we're talking about specifically what's next for you and now for you in relationships. Anybody have any relationships? Nah, none at all, I know. Now, normally when a pastor talks about relationships, here's what's happened. Uh, most, most of the time, I feel like the sermon goes totally into marriage and parenting. And then if you're not married or you're not a parent, you're like, good grief. I missed out again. Not, not today. Today, what we're going to look at in God's Word, listen to me, it's for absolutely everybody. It's not only for marriages. It's not only for parenting. Students, this is about friendships. This is about family. This is about dating. And so what God's word says to us really applies to every single relationship. Now, here's what I want us to do. I really would like for us all to be on the same page as we start today. And I would want you, if you're willing to acknowledge something with me, I wonder how many of you at some point, and I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in a minute and just own this. How many of you at some point in any kind of a relationship would say, yeah, there, there are some regrets in a relationship I've had. Does anybody have any regrets at all? You better, every one of you, raise your hand. Every one of you. Come on, people. Maybe, maybe you just need me to refresh your memory. Listen, maybe you have said something you really regret saying, yes? Maybe you sent a text message that you probably shouldn't have sent. Anybody? There's a lot of laughter and mimicking. Right? Yeah, it's all, I hear it all. Perhaps, perhaps it's an action you took. And looking back, all you can really say is, what was I thinking? Why, why did I do that? Just to have fun with this, I, I will tell you something that happened to me. Shauna was with me two weeks ago. You know, we took the trip to Oklahoma to go see my mom and Shauna's parents. And while we were there, we took the time to meet up for a meal with some friends from college, people we hadn't connected with in a really long time. And so while we're having this meal, uh, one of the friends, she began to remind me of something that, y'all, I, not even on my radar, I completely forgot about this. Hadn't thought about it in forever. 
And so she began to tell this story, which reminded me of something that I did that was not so nice 35 years ago. Had I forgotten about it? Yes. Had she? Obviously not. 35 years ago. Oh, I'll tell you briefly. I'll tell you briefly. A group of friends from college, uh, this is when I lived in, I grew up in Oklahoma. You didn't have to tell that part. This might have been a girl I dated at one time, okay? But a group of people uh, in Oklahoma, in eastern Oklahoma, there's a lake, Lake Eufaula. Lake Eufaula. Yeah, woo, home of Carrie Underwood. Woo, yeah, she got a song. We're Highway 69 meets all, okay, you know. Um, and at Lake Eufaula, my dad's plan, my dad died at a very early age. He died when he was only 58. But his plan was to get this, he bought an old used, like, house trailer. And he, he redid it, and he, moved, he bought a little piece of land, and he was going to have this, you know, that was going to be his lake house. And it was fun, and it was awesome. And, of course, as a college student, I'm like, yeah. And, you know, he bought a, he bought a ski boat and the whole thing. So we would, when we had time, he would allow me and my friends, my college friends, to go to Lake Eufaula. So we're at Lake Eufaula on this trip that I had completely forgotten about, and Penny began to remind me at this meal we had two weeks ago about something that happened with this group of friends. Here was the scenario. We're out on the lake. We're water skiing, having fun. She was new to water skiing, and, you know, she was kind of not real sure of herself. And so if you know anything, and just, I'm not talking about slalom. I'm just talking about the basic two water skis, plain Jane. And so she's behind the boat. We're pulling her. And I decide, wouldn't it be funny if I like reached down and detached the ski rope while she's skiing? I did that. I did that. Um... And so she didn't really crash or anything. All that happened, there's no more momentum pulling her. And, you know, she just begins to kind of go down slowly in the water. And, you know, I, why did I do that? I, I did that to try to get my friends to laugh, to think I was a funny guy. And so, like, this is my point. What do you do when something like that happens in relationships? Well, as this was brought to my attention 35 years later, I want you to know that right there, I'm like, I, I apologize. I'm like, Penny. I'm sorry, please forgive me. I, I didn't, I, I really didn't know it was that significant of a thing. I was wrong. Now, think about this. My behavior that day as a college student, friends, it had absolutely nothing to do with me as a follower of Jesus Christ honoring the Lord. Nothing to do with that. It involved me being at the lake with a bunch of friends and my my behavior was motivated by this ridiculous need I had for my friends to laugh at me and think I'm a funny guy. How dumb is that? All at the expense of one person. Now, why do I tell you that story? In our relationships, every one of us, every one of us, whether you're over here, the middle, this section, we're all motivated to do all kinds of things in our relationships, some for the better, some for the worse. For some of you at church today, what's motivating you is control. You want to be in control, 100% control of the relationship. For some of you, you that's not your thing, but you, 
you find that most times you, you like to blame other people in the relationship. An example would be, well, you're always right. You're always the one that has to be right. You would say everyone else is wrong. For some of you in your relationships, bottom line, maybe you're, maybe you're just a selfish person. That's possible. And then for some of you in this room, you're like, man, none of that's not even me. Listen, for a few of you, you have actually convinced yourself in a very unhealthy way that you don't deserve healthy relationships. Well, guess what? That's a lie from the pit of hell. Seriously. So here's where I want to begin today. Listen to me. I am 100% convinced the primary reason, listen to me, friends, I'm convinced the primary reason so many people are struggling relationally, listen to me, is because Jesus Christ is not first in your life. You want to talk about relationship? That is where it all begins. And if you have not given Christ your first priority, if you have not shown him supreme love and full surrender, all the other relationships are going to struggle. Now, if, if you're here today and you would say, good grief, okay, here, here's, here's where you are. You'd say, I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. What we have to acknowledge this morning, please don't miss this. There are some incredibly difficult teachings from Jesus himself in the New Testament that I think most of us would rather not study and we would rather not apply. Jesus himself speaks very clearly about relationships and we simply cannot ignore this. This is where we're going today. If you have a Bible, open it up to Luke chapter 14, beginning in verse 25. Luke chapter 14, beginning in verse 25. We're going to put it on the screen for you as well. Luke 14, 25. Look at this text. This is Jesus. And large crowds were traveling with Jesus. And turning to them, he said, If anyone wants to come to me, this is Jesus of Nazareth. Hey, all you people, if any of you want to come and follow me, and you do not hate your father and mother, your wife and children, your brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple, Jesus says. Friends, that is hard truth. You, you read a text like that and you might think to yourself, hold on. Is this the same Jesus who, who came to bring peace, who came to bring hope, who came to bring unconditional love? Yes, it, it's the same Jesus. And then you begin to ask yourself, well, if I'm trying to live in the present, live in the now, how in the world can all of this line up with how I'm supposed to live my life and honor God in all of my relationships? This is hard. This is hard. Let's just apply this. I think, I think about my dad 
who passed away when I was just 21 years old, but the 21 years I had with my dad, church, I love my dad so much. He modeled so much to me of what it means to honor the Lord and to serve others. And I read this text. Think about my mom, who we went home to see two weeks ago for her 90th birthday. Listen to me. I love her more than words can express. Hands down, without doubt, she is my number one prayer warrior. My mother prayed every single day of her life, multiple times a day. I love her so much. Think about my wife, Shauna, who has been by my side, married for 30 years. How am I supposed to read this text in the New Testament? How am I supposed to hate her? And then, of course, I think about my kids. You think about your kids. And if you are blessed like I am to to be at a stage of life where you now have grandchildren... Does this really mean I cannot be a disciple of Jesus Christ unless I hate my own children? So there are other texts, other recordings of this very same truth. Look at Matthew 10, 37, 38, and 39. We go from one gospel account to the gospel account in Matthew. Look how it's recorded here. And anyone who loves their father or mother more than me, Jesus says, is not worthy of me. And anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me, Jesus says, not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And Jesus says, because whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. So you read the text in Luke. You read this text in Matthew. What does all of this really mean? What does this mean? How do I open my Bible and read this? What does it mean? Listen to me. In your marriage, many of you in this room are married. In your marriage, in your family, with your closest friends. And then listen to my single friends in the room today who are dating. Here's what you need to understand about what Jesus is saying to us. Listen, when supreme love for Jesus Christ is not shared, listen, when supreme love for Jesus Christ is not shared, Jesus will become the divider. It is truth, friends. But when Jesus Christ is first with both the husband and the wife, when Jesus Christ is first with both the parent and the child, when Jesus Christ is first with the couple who is dating, then instead of division, there's unity and there's peace and there's security and there's provision. Okay, so let's just stop. Here is the, each of us have to respond to this personally, individually. How will you respond when you realize there is a cost in becoming a true disciple of Jesus Christ? There is a cost. Because here's the deal. Not everyone is ready for this kind of a relationship we read about today. They're just not. 
Like, what are you talking about? Let me give you one example from the New Testament. Some of you remember the story of the rich young ruler. He, he, was, he was trying to figure it all out, just like so many of you. Mark chapter 10. Look at this text with me. Mark 10, beginning of verse 17. Jesus started on his way, and this man runs up to him and fell on his knees before him. So here he is, this man. He, he runs up to Jesus, he falls on his knees, and he says, good teacher, he asked. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. And Jesus continued. You know the commandments, he says to the man. You know them. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud Honor your father and mother. And and the guy, remember, he's down on his knees. He's looking up. Jesus is saying all this to him. He says, teacher, teacher, all of those things you just said, I've done that. I've kept all of that, all of those laws since I was a boy. And Jesus looked at him and he loved him. But Jesus had something else to say. He said, "There's, there's one thing you lack. He said, what I need you to do, what I want you to do is go sell everything you have, give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then, then, come on, follow me. And look what the text says. At this, the man's face fell. His face fell. All I can imagine, the text says he was already kneeling on the ground, looking up, listening to Jesus. This emotional swing, he's excited. He's like, yes, I've got this. Jesus, I understand. I'm living my life the right way. And then Jesus points out one thing. And this man who is kneeling on the ground, his face fell. I have to imagine, perhaps his face went all the way down to the ground. Maybe he began to weep. I don't know, but the Bible says the next thing, that happened was that at some point he got up and he went away sad because he had great wealth. It's back to that thing, counting the cost. Jesus says to the man, Sir, there's just this one area in your life And Jesus said, it showed, Jesus said to him in a spirit of love, Sir, there's this one thing that you value more than anything else. And until you're willing to let go of that, you're not going to experience abundant, eternal life. And so, friends, I ask, I have to ask myself this question. When confronted with the cost of following Jesus, reality is not everyone is going to be all in. Now, here's what's interesting. On the heels of this story, Peter and all the disciples, they're checking it out. They'd watch the whole thing play out. They saw the rich man come. They saw him get down on his knees. They listened to the entire dialogue that played out. So Peter and the disciples, 
they've listened to all that, and now they're feeling pretty good about themselves. They're like, all right, we got this. Look, look as we continue the text, Mark 10, picking up in verse 28. And so now the Bible says, Peter began to say to him, see, <laughs> look at us, Jesus. We have left everything, brother, to follow you. I mean, seriously, that's what he's saying. Check us out. I don't know that that impacted Jesus one way or another, I want to believe that Jesus was kind of like thinking, eh, big deal. <laughs> I don't know. But I do know what Jesus said next related to what this means to follow him. Jesus, really I say to you, there's no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold. Carson Loving, what an appropriate message for you as a recent high school graduate. When some people would say, bro, you're crazy. What you're doing is crazy. But Jesus says, the fruit will be 100-fold. Truly I say, there's no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with some persecutions, but also you will receive in the age to come eternal life. And so with the struggle of looking at these difficult texts from Jesus of Nazareth, here he comes with a powerful promise from Jesus to every single one of us. Right now, what Jesus is calling you toward may, listen to me, it may seem like a sacrifice. Yes, it may temporarily feel like a loss, Because it is a supreme love for Jesus Christ that so many people do not pursue. But look what Jesus says. Look, he says, the fruit is 100-fold. It lasts forever and ever. And yet here we are. That's difficult to grasp. It's, I, I talked about Carson, but I think about Matt and Jenny as parents. It's difficult to grasp when you're about to go off for a year. It's difficult to grasp. Why? Because most of us in this room, we're looking for immediate results. We're looking for the immediate result. This whole idea of, of living in the present, living in the now, rather than dreaming about what's next, what's next, what's next. Husbands, husbands, are you listening? I'm with you on this. I need this just as much as every one of us in this room need this. Husbands, if you want to improve your relationship with your wife, start first with your relationship with Jesus. Wives, the same is true for you. Parents and teenagers. Parents and teenagers, do everything you can to work toward a supreme love for Jesus first. 
And then you will begin to see how being gospel-focused will radically change everything. To my friends in this room who are dating, if, if you're dating someone and you're in this room and you would say, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm dating someone. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Yet the person you are dating right now is not a follower of Jesus Christ. You just need to think about what this means. It means that when there is no shared love for Christ in the relationship, hear me again, Jesus will become the divider. You need to know what, what you're facing. You need to know what you're up against. And, and in a relationship where one person is a follower of Christ and the other is not, it will impact your relationship in a very bad way. This is why the Bible speaks very clearly to us on what it means to be equally yoked together. And so here's what I'm asking you to consider. I'm not taking this lightly. I'm not shooting from the hip. The truth is it's probably easier to say this as a pastor from a stage than it is to say it as a dad to a son or a daughter. If you're dating, and the person you're dating is not a follower of Christ, I would ask you to begin to consider and to pray about breaking up with that person. You're like, man, that's, that's hard. I know it is. Does it seem painful right now? Absolutely, yes. But all I can do is go back to what Jesus said. He said, the blessings of pursuing relationships his way produces eternal fruit 100-fold. That promise and that blessing is not there when we choose to do it the opposite way. And this is real and this is raw and it's heavy and these are the hard teachings of Jesus, but we've got to wrestle with this. So what's practical about any of this? What do we do with this? I want to give you some significant takeaways today both of these are based on the foundational truths of Scripture that we've studied this morning, assuming, hoping that all of us in this room want to make Christ supreme in everything. Two little things to take away. Thing number one, I'm going to encourage you, based on what God's Word says, in relationships, to be present. Out of the overflow of you embracing the gospel... And the unconditional love of Jesus Christ, would you be willing to be present in your love toward the people that God has placed around you? Look at Romans 12. I want to read it from the New Living Translation. This is good. Romans 12, 9 and 10. Here we go. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Be present, be ready. Listen, if you, some of you here today, this is happening right now. You could do this this afternoon. If you have a friend who is really hurting, a friend who is going through a difficult season of life, begin to think, Lord, how could you use me to love them, to be present in their life? And, and let me just give you some options. 
One thing you could do that we, a lot of us do, we get out our phone and we send them a text message, right? Hey, just thinking about you. I know you're going through a rough time, blah, 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 whatever. We all do it. And that's acceptable, right? It's acceptable. But did you know what this thing will do? You can also call people. It's amazing. You can talk. You can hear their voice right here and that you can talk. That's, that's better. That's even better. Make a phone call. Texting's acceptable. A phone call's better. Are you ready for your mind to be blown? You, you can get in your car. If you don't have a car, you call the Uber. If you don't have money for the Uber, borrow a bicycle. Don't steal it. Somebody on the front row said, just steal the bike. No. But you could go meet up face-to-face with someone. Face-to-face. What a novel idea. And express your love from the heart. That's being present. And you can pray with them face-to-face. You know what we say all the time to one another? Hey, man, I'm praying for you. Praying for you. But listen, there is a difference in praying for someone and praying with someone. It's a huge difference. Praying for someone and praying with someone. Be present based on the overflow of Jesus in your life and the gospel. And then a second thing, oh my, watch out, here we go. Be engaged. And and let me say something before I talk about this briefly. I believe that the main reason most of us struggle to be engaged is because of technology, primarily this thing I was just joking about. I'm not speaking on your behalf, I'm speaking on my behalf. I referenced this verse last week, I'll just share with you a part of it. 1 Peter 4.8, above all, Scripture says we are to love each other deeply. And what I've learned is it's really hard to love someone deeply when it's obvious that I'm not engaged. I would think the same is true for you. Uh, I'm not sure, my memory is kind of bad, but I think I may have told you this story two or three months ago. Uh, Shiloh, our three-year-old granddaughter was spending the night at our house. And when Shiloh spends the night at our house, um, you know, she's outgrown. We had this little baby bed, and she's too big for it now. So she'll, oh boy, here we go, get in bed with, you know, Papa Kent and Nana. And uh, she does this all night long. It's like a merry-go-round. But the routine, uh, for, for us anyway, and I think Jared and Emily do that, and your parents probably do the same thing, you know, she wants to read a book or two, which is awesome. And so we're putting Shiloh to bed. She's in, in our big old king-size bed. You know, Shauna's on one side, I'm on the other. Shiloh's in the middle. Shauna is reading the book to Shauna, to Shiloh. <laughs> Shauna's reading the book to Shauna. We're crazy just like you are. Okay. Uh, thank you. And Shiloh looked away from the book for a moment and noticed Papa Kent laying in the bed, just aimlessly scrolling through social media, blah. 
And Shiloh asked Shauna, stop, stop. And asked Shauna to stop reading for a moment and looked to me and said, Papa Kent, no phone zone. <laughs> Is that a rule y'all have? Terrible. Here's the reality. You see where I'm going. If a three-year-old can figure out when an adult is or is not engaged in their life, what about the rest of us? You know, if, if we decided, hey, let's meet up, let's have coffee, let's go to lunch, whatever, and what if 50%, let's just imagine that. You and I, we're sitting across from each other at the table, we're having some conversation. And if about three minutes into our conversation, I put on my reading glasses and I just start, hmm, you know, I'm just, I'm, uh, hold on just a second. I got to catch up on what's happening in Instagram and Facebook world. And if I just stop talking to you and just shut down for five minutes and ignore you, that's probably not a very good sign, is it? Be engaged, be present based on the gospel and how Jesus has transformed your life. Be engaged with people. One of my friends, Mark, who uh, he's had a crazy life, and he came to visit us, and we've, we've reconnected. He was one of the guys that we went to eat with two weeks ago. He called me Thursday. Hey, Kent, my mom just had a stroke She's fallen, she's hit her head, and the doctor said there's nothing they can do. Y'all, Mark needs some people in his life that love Jesus and will love him unconditionally. I love Mark. So the best thing I could do, could I get in my car tomorrow and drive 11 hours? I could. But the best thing I could do would be to just pick up the phone, call him, get updates, call him again, how's, how's your mom? And it's hard, it's hard. I really honestly think the first phone call when I prayed with him over the phone, he didn't even know what to say. It was just complete silence. And then the next phone call, he's like, I, I, I need to apologize. I, I didn't say anything after you prayed, but that was like really meaningful. Y'all, it's the simplest thing to live this life Yet we're so caught up in distractions that I think most of us, myself included, many times we're missing out on living in the presence of now based on the overflow of who Jesus is in our life, which really is how I want to end today. If, if you're trying to figure it out and you feel like you're on the crazy wheel of life, your, your marriage is struggling if you have kids and you're, you're just like struggling to understand why is this so hard? Why is, and, and listen, parenting is hard. Even as a follower, a dedicated follower of Jesus Christ, it's still difficult. It's challenging. It's a lot. But if today you've been trying to do all of this, relationships, marriages, dating, children, if you've been, listen, if you've been trying to do it in your own strength, that is not necessary. It is not necessary. But instead, I would invite you to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Well, it means you begin to read this book, God's holy word, the promises he's given about how much he loves you, 
about the fact that God sent his son Jesus Christ on your behalf so that you might know what it means to be forgiven of sin and experience new life. It all, it all starts there. It all starts there. And so today, we want to encourage you, instead of trying to do this on your own, instead of being selfish in your relationships, would you surrender your life to Jesus? That's really want to talk to you about and encourage you in. Now, some of you here today, you would say, man, I've done that, but I'm struggling. I still have struggles. I still need somebody to pray with me. And we want to invite you to respond as well. In just a moment, I'm going to say a prayer. And after I pray, I'm going to invite you, if you would like to receive prayer, to meet us over here on this wall. We're going to have several volunteers lined up over here just to, just to encourage you this day to pray with you. For those of you who are thinking about, man, I'm ready to take these next steps to follow Jesus. We want to talk to you about that. Counting the cost. There's a cost, friends. And I think it's become too common in most churches in North America today for us just to go through the routines and, and kind of push away some of these hard teachings of Jesus and hope we don't have to think about that or deal with it. But we simply can't do that. Do you know Jesus? Do you love him with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength? Oh, we want to encourage you today to chase after him. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for every single person you've you brought to church. We, we always realize, God, it's, it's not a coincidence. It's because you have this master plan, and you desire to speak your holy word and truth into our lives. God, you desire for us to sit alongside brothers and sisters in Christ so that we might encourage one another and help each other, minister to one another. And at the same time, Lord, we know that you bring us here each weekend so that we might be reminded of our true purpose, to be light in this community, in this city. God, to share hope and to share the gospel, to wrestle with the hard truths of God, what your son Jesus said to us, but not just so that we would become frustrated, but God, so that we might grow and understand the significance of what it means to be a disciple. So God, teach us everything you want to teach us. Show us what you want to show us as we desire to grow and to honor you. Thank you, Lord, again, for every person in this gym today. God, for the people who just need a moment to be encouraged. God, in this very moment. God, remind them of your power and your, your love, of your healing touch, of your mercy and of your grace. God, thank you for who you are to each of us. Thank you for this time we've had in Jesus' name. And everybody said. Well, thanks again for listening to the Hope Fellowship Church podcast. If you're interested in becoming more connected at Hope Fellowship Church, please visit hope615.com slash get connected.